Hello, fellow deviants. Ash Hoden here, the host of Deviation Positively Extraordinary. Uh, today we got Liron. She's a singer-songwriter based out of Toronto. Just releasing a couple singles here recently, one called Pina Coladas, another called Bad Intentions. Uh, yeah, so we spoke over FaceTime and uh, talked a bit about growing up in Toronto how that went for her, some of her trials and tribulations and successes. Um, I related a bit. She had a, she was raised by a single mother. I had some experience with that myself. And um, yeah, it was a good talk. She's uh, barely into her 20s, which is also for me, uh, I enjoy talking to some of the younger artists. So yeah, we'll uh, have that conversation here in a bit. But first, I want to talk about some of the deviation news because there's a lot going on right now. We are soon to release issue number two in print, Deviation Positively Extraordinary, and it is a doozy. Um, yeah, I had a couple years worth of, a uh, couple years there where I wasn't putting out a whole lot of work, and I have a host of interviews um, that I recorded in uh, New York 2016. I'm still working through them. And a number of those are going to be in this issue. And uh, we got a new logo, whole new look. The cover looks stunning. And in addition to the magazine, we're going to be putting out uh, T-shirts, maybe hats and tote bags. And I did a tester. I did a tester T-shirt with the, with the cover image for this new magazine. Put it on a T-shirt and man, oh man, did I like it. Can't wait to put that stuff out. Um, it'll be coming up soon, and I will keep you posted in all of our uh, social media outlets at Deviation Theory, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah. And so that's where we're at. I think um, also I'll be looking to shift gears a little bit and focus more on the podcasting over the writing, uh, which is very exciting. And now that I am based in uh, the Bay Area, start shifting gears on that too and focusing on artists here in California. All of that's in the works. All of that is good stuff and very fun for me to be involved in. But with no further ado, here is my talk with Liron. then for a long time um in a sense but in a sense not uh if you consider singing for my parents doing music then i've been doing it since i was a year and a half <laughs> nice i like that yeah <laughs> so if not then we're talking about 17 it was when you started performing and and doing it more um i started okay so my actual like life story based like the music based life story is pretty um, complicated. I was singing for a really long time when I was younger. I couldn't stop. It was like, I have ADHD. I was born with ADHD. So, um, 
it was my coping mechanism before I realized what I had that was making it hard for me to concentrate in school. I would kind of sing to calm myself down when I had anxiety or sing during tests and just it annoyed the shit out of people. Uh, and then I got really badly bullied throughout elementary school. For uh, singing? For singing everywhere. People just hated me because I wouldn't shut up. <laughs> and they bullied the crap out of me. And um, I just kind of, like, it, it kind of killed my confidence. I had a lot of confidence growing up. And I have a lot of confidence now. And then um, I kind of kept to myself. I didn't do anything until I was 14. Um, I entered a competition. I didn't want to, because, but it was because my brother wanted to. And my mom refused to drive for just one of us. She said, I have to do it. And then I ended up winning. I got my confidence back a little, kept performing. But up and I never released anything officially. I'd only been doing covers and like not even on like one or two online covers but mostly i was just performing in bars and stuff where i wasn't really legally even allowed to be but you know i look old so yeah so the first yeah. competition and, you entered you won yeah which was really cool yeah. actually because there were thousands of kids who wanted to win it and uh i just got it and it was really cool um i had no confidence in myself i, I did i had no idea i didn't think i was even gonna get through like the first round so that was very helpful, I think, in helping me restore my confidence back into myself and not feeling like, in a way, like, I feel like when you're younger, everything, you, insecurity kind of fades as you grow up and you realize that who you are is great. Yeah. And um, when you're younger, you just hate everything about yourself for no reason. Do you know what I mean? When I was younger, I absolutely hated everything about myself. And I don't know why, because... Now I look at myself and I'm like, I'm a pretty cool person. I'm a nice person. I have a good personality. Like, I'm, I'm kind. I don't do anything that's horrible. Why is there any reason to hate? You know what I mean? Yeah. When you're well, young, everything's the end of the world. You're like, oh, I'm annoying. I'm this and that. And it's just, it's not healthy. So, yeah, that's also a lot of where I write my music from is um, a lot of the messages behind my songs. If you take a, a close listen and kind of inspect them, it's all related in the sense of empowering young women to to be more confident in themselves yeah and to not be afraid to say what they want and take what they want and have what they want and be happy and live their best lives and not think that they're less than because they don't look like something that was photoshopped three times you know it was it was interesting too is that uh the thing that you were being teased for is the thing that you were accepted in the greater world for you know, like you won the competition Which, and it's kind of like, that's, yeah. I, I think that's really interesting. Well, what's funny is, is that what's interesting is, is that kids don't stop at one thing. Like when they're young, they don't understand. I feel like empathetically, it's just, I hate this person because they, what they do aggravates me or whatever. They just, they say things that are kind of disrespectful. And, and a lot of the times they don't even mean it. They just say things that mean nothing. Like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm on the, I had, I was on the curvier side growing up. Like I have, you know, bigger boobs and a bigger bum. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. More like a, a Cardi B than a Kendall. More like a Kim than a Kendall or a Kylie than a Kendall, if you know what I mean. Or a Cardi B than somebody else. So growing up, they called me all sorts of things. They called me fat. I had ADHD, so I wasn't testing well. So they called me stupid um they call me ugly they call me all sorts of names that now i'm like looking back i'm like what the hell why would i ever like believe things that someone else was saying instead of just looking at myself 
and really taking in the fact that no, I'm not ugly. No, I'm not fat. No, I'm not stupid. I'm actually pretty smart. So I mean, like it's yeah. all about self perception. But I feel like with children, young children, there's a problem where they tell you things and they say things to you, and if you hear something from so many different people enough times, you start to believe it. Yeah. Well, it, as a kid, it's hard to have that outer perspective. You know, I think that's something exactly. that just comes with age. Yeah. I just think that that's so toxic for children to be in an environment where people are constantly ripping at them. Yeah. It's like we need to teach we need to teach young children about respecting others and empathy and how words can can do something and words can really hurt someone and, and <clears throat> affect them for the rest of their lives. Like it's not just a word. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think that would be inter- uh, I think that would be an important part of just like an early education, you know, more than the academic stuff is the interpersonal things and how to respect people. Yeah. hundred percent. And the funny thing is, is that if you look at my songs, like they're all about, like, for example, Pina Coladas, which was my latest single is about not letting the opinions of others get, get you down and just enjoying your life. It's, if you look at it, it just sounds like I'm getting drunk and I don't give a shit, you know, but if you really listen, like, I don't, I overthink things, I want people to love me, but I'm gonna forget all that, I'm not gonna focus on the stresses in my life, and I'm just gonna have a good time, just for tonight, enjoy my life, calm down, and I feel like when you play it, it just, it's a mood booster, it's, like, good for people, or I love the feeling was about, you know, um, domestic abuse, but not the abuse you think of, the most common abuse is physical, and a lot of people don't really think about the fact that they don't really consider verbal abuse a thing and yeah. I thought that was important someone's like if you listen to the if you looked at the lyrics and analyzed them you'd see he said he's like when you go out you're allowed to go about yourself but you want to be with me when I'm going out you're looking through my shit it's like if someone's checking up on you they don't trust you and they call you names it's not healthy like it's just the same as being hit I mean being hit kind of sucks but like so just, it's verbal abuse is very hard on a person, especially when it's your support system. It's like very complicated. I could go mm-hmm. on for hours, no, honestly. I understand that. I had um, I had a mentor, uh, an older man when I was in my 20s. He was maybe in his 60s. And mm-hmm. uh, growing up, he had been both physically and verbally abused. And he spoke yeah. often about how he would he would prefer the physical abuse because at least it's clear. You know, the message, the the verbal abuse has this weird, twisted kind of playing with your mind. And and sometimes Mm -hmm. it's a stab that you don't, you you have to like pause and think, was that, was that an attack or what, what, you know, you kind of have to. Exactly, exactly. And it's, it's like physical abuse. I'm not even going to get to it. Physical abuse is horrible. No one should ever be hit. Oh yeah. Yeah. That fashion, but with verbal abuse, it's very complicated in the sense that like physical abuse is very straightforward. If someone hits you, you leave. Yeah. Verbal abuse, it's very not subjective, but it's very um you have to really like sometimes people don't see it. Mm-hmm. With physical abuse, everyone knows, everyone's grown up learning that if someone hits you, you you shouldn't stay with them. Doesn't yes. mean that some people some people don't because they you know, there's this whole psychological mind game that comes with it that it's your you think it's your fault, they tell you it's your fault. I'm not saying it's easy to leave a domestic, um, like a violent relationship. What I'm saying is that women who are very well aware of 
um, verbally abusive or not domestic, sorry, physically abusive relationship may not be so aware of what the signs of verbal abuse is. Like girls can watch their friend being abused and not realize what's going on. It's, it's, it's so kind of like hidden, yes. but it's distorts a woman's self-esteem or a man's self-esteem. Yeah. The big thing with me is I 100% believe that men can be in abusive relationships just as much as women. Oh, completely, yeah. I think that's the biggest issue. Like, I'm I'm a feminist, and I'm a social justice, um, like, I'm a human rights, like, I, I'm a self-proclaimed human rights activist. Like, I believe in equality. Like, I'm just such a big equality stan, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I say feminist, people usually are like, oh, are you one of those feminazis? I'm like... Listen, there are people who go too far, but that's a dime a dozen. The majority of us just want men to not be um, put down for, you know, having sensitive aspects. Like if someone's being, if a man's being hit by his girlfriend, I watched this video where a, a, a man was hitting his girlfriend or fake man, like it was actor. And these people were stepping in, but the guy was getting hit, and people would jump in and hit him too, like because they think it's funny. It's not funny. It's it's the same. Yeah, you know what I mean, yeah. so help one but not the other. That's that's something really important and near to my heart. I think. I, think that's I just important. don't think. Yeah, I think gender, like judging what someone's behavior should be based on their gender, is kind of disgusting. Yeah, just let them be whoever the fuck they want. It's it's their life. How did you? <laughs> How did you start to figure these things out for yourself? Um, I think it's always been there. I've always been someone who's very sensitive to other people's emotions. Mm-hmm. Like I can just tell when someone's in a bad mood. I'm, I'm, the, I'm the friend that knows when you're upset without you telling me. But I think it's just a matter of growing up the way that I did. I grew up very like I started off. Um, middle class, then my parents divorced, then it was me, my mom, and my th- my two brothers. Uh, I have actually four brothers now, which is weird, but it's not even, one of them's a half-brother and one of them's adopted. Um, but it was me, my two brothers, and my mom. Low income, we had no money, we were living on uh, welfare. Yeah. Is it welfare? I don't think it's welfare here, I think that there's some other term for it, but I know that in America it's called welfare, so I'll just say welfare. Yeah. Um, you know, we were getting donation boxes for food. We were getting hand-me-downs for clothes. I couldn't afford a bra. And as I said before, like, I, I'm a, a kind of a chesty person. So people were making fun of me for that, saying that I wasn't – I didn't have more than one bra. She must be unclean. I was like, I, I can't help it. It doesn't even fit me right. This was all I could get for the yeah. price. You know what I mean? So it's like I feel like growing up, seeing the way other people treated me, I never wanted anyone else to ever have to feel that. And I think that's a lot of – other people's perception too. Some people aren't like that. Some people, I feel like with this kind of stuff, it can go two ways. It can either be you get bullied and you bully others mm-hmm. or you get bullied and you never ever bully anyone else because yeah, yeah. some people need to bully in order to take their power back. Do you know what I mean? They need to feel worthy again and they do that by bringing other people's down and some other people who don't have that, um, I forgot the word, who don't have that mindset they kind of just, you just feel pain. Like you see someone else in pain and you feel pain because you, you know how they feel. Yeah, there's that you know empathy I mean? there. Exactly. And, and it, it, it's, I've, I've always had empathy ever since I was a little girl. Like just very strong. 
I was very empathetic, but I feel like it's heightened because of what I've gone through and knowing how it feels on the other side. I never want anyone else to feel that way. Do you, and, do you feel like that um, change in the quality of your life when your parents split that you, it gave you some of some, there were some positive sides of it just in terms of how you've developed as a person? Oh my God, a hundred percent. I always say it to my mom that if I ended up continuing growing up where I, where I was growing up, I just, I wouldn't like myself because if someone doesn't go through any challenges in life, any complications, they'll never grow character or grow as a person. And I'm not saying that people who don't have, you know, challenges in life are shit people. That's not true because I feel like everyone has challenges in life. Yeah. But I think that with me, I didn't have, I had challenges, but I didn't have the same challenges as someone. It's, it's a very complicated way. Like it's a complicated question in the sense that, um, you don't, you don't know what other people go through. I could say right now that, oh, rich people, like, ugh, I hate them. Like they are spoiled and they only care about their money and they don't know anything and they've never faced a challenge in their life. I don't know what they've been through. Do you know what I mean? I don't know yeah. what other people have gone through in their lives. It's not my it's not my knowledge. Like it's not it's not for me to know. It's not someone else's like I don't have to know that. That's theirs. I, I had a similar situation myself. Actually, my um I came from a middle class family and my parents split when I was nine. And mm -hmm. uh I went through this a very like we went from living in a nice neighborhood with all of my friends that I had grown up with to living in a rougher neighborhood. Um my mom started having to make me clothes, you know, because she couldn't afford to buy them at certain points and just really starting over from zero. And something I realized was, first of all, was just how much my mom would sacrifice for my brother and I. And oh I wouldn't have God, seen that in a different context because she wasn't put in the position to have to sacrifice so much. And it just really gave me a sense of humility, like a humbleness yes. of life. Exactly. And I would have been completely blind to all of that if I had just grown up as comfortably as we had been prior. A hundred and ten percent. Here's the thing. my What you said about your mom, I, I 100% same thing with my mom. My mom immigrated here. Was it immigrated? I don't fucking yeah. know the terms. But she moved here when she was 18 from Israel. My dad did too. She moved back. She came back when she was 30 with my dad, had me. Um basically she didn't know how to read or write english she spoke it sort of yeah not very good but she didn't know how to read or write it at all and um when my parents split up originally she had a placement agency but that went under after my parents got split up and um what ended up happening was she started working at a nail salon and she was a really big nail artist in the 80s. Like, she'd made really good money being a nail artist. But now, you know, everyone was a nail artist. There's a nail artist on every corner. It's, like, not enough money to raise three kids by yourself. Yeah. So she decided to go back to school. To um, She did women's studies first. And then she did um, a paralegal course. And when I say she didn't know anything. Like, she didn't know how to read or write English. Like, she just didn't understand. And the woman went from not knowing how to read or write in English to having a 3.8 GPA, like, honor roll. I just think my mom's cool. Like, I think my mom's the best. Now she is um, working at a law, for a little law firm um, as a paralegal. She does a lot of cases. Like, she works her ass off. She 
takes care of the three of us, no problem. My brothers have cars. Do you know what I mean? That's amazing. Like that's fucking incredible. Like, it's just so, like, it's such a good... I just grew up... I think I grew up with the best role model. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. She doesn't give up. She pushes herself till she can't anymore. Like, she kills herself. to. She works herself to the freaking bone to get us what we need and to give us what we what we've always wanted and it's just it's, it's really inspirational to me and I think that's where a lot of my drive comes from and my the way her behavior is like we took um we adopted my brother's uh 25 my my adopted brother um came to live with us and he's living with us now and she's just she's so much empathy for people she became a women's she did women's studies first now she's doing she's literally helping her job is her a paralegal is to help women who have um who have been domestically abused or women who are trying to get a divorce who are being beaten or, you know, being treated unfairly, verbally abused. Like, very, very... I've heard some of the cases and it, it, it's actually, like, you know when something makes you uncomfortable because you're imagining the pain? Yeah. Like, that's real. Do you know what I mean? And she deals There's, with that every day. Oh, my... I don't know how she's not dying. <laughs> when you're empathetic, like, we're both empathetic. And when you're like that, I think it takes a toll on you emotionally. And it's just like, I don't know how she does it, but I understand that's her path. And that's her, that's where she belongs is to help people. Like she's like my inspiration in life. I just, I love her so much. My best friend. Do you get that side, that side of you that is giving back and in, in, through the music and how you see the world? Is it, Do you feel that that comes from your mom and seeing that in her? I think so. I honestly do because I was raised by her alone and she's just, she and I have the same, we're pretty much the same person. I think that me and her growing up as close as we were, um, she affected me. I feel like a lot of the time with people who are, what's the word? Um, people who just don't understand, like they only see black and white, like they, yeah. they, they don't believe in equality or, you know, LGBT rights or just very know, linear. Um, anything anything they don't believe in anything i feel like that's just it's the way that you're raised it's nature and nurture i believe both comes into play so people like that have been swayed by their parents the way your parents raise you is vital and it doesn't matter if they try and teach you to be better if they're if they themselves believe that this is wrong it'll it'll come out in you and i think that with children their, their parents play an important role in getting love and attention from your parents, even, even if it's not constant attention, but just knowing that your parent is there and if you need to talk to them, you, you know, they're, they're always going to help you. My mom did so much for me growing up. It was insane. Me and my brothers, just, I, I don't even know how to, how to form a complete sentence about it. It's, it's too much. It's like, is she a big, with, is she, sorry, is she a big supporter of your art? Oh, like of you going my. into singing? god holy shit when i say support you don't even know like <laughs> no she supports my music more than i support my music yeah she, every time i come into the office her office like her work office she someone new will come up to me and be like oh my god i heard your music i love it so much like she sits there and she shows everyone my freaking music she's like i'll be like on the computer like answering emails or replying to people who put me on to things like just doing my work like my music work because it is a full-time job at this point and she'll be sitting next to me like just watching hanging out like being like oh my god check that out like do you know what I mean yeah I uh I got on my first really really big like when I say really big I mean like really really big Spotify playlist today and she started crying that's amazing 
I was fine. She's sitting there. I'm so happy. I'm like, oh my gosh. That's great. Yeah. A lot of parents don't, you know, they're not encouraging of their children going into arts because it's such a hard yeah. path. It's it's really nice to have somebody that's supportive. I think that the arts are, it's difficult. It's so, so difficult. But if you have the drive and the passion and, you know, if you really work hard and you don't give up and you you kind of always keep improving yourself, I don't think it's impossible. I think it's difficult, but not impossible. Yeah, and I yeah. think if you have the talent and the drive and the heart and you put your all 110%, you know, you work yourself to the bone, you can be successful if, if you just work hard enough. It's all about dedication and then a little bit of luck. Yeah, yeah, completely. Have you been lucky then? Um, I don't know yet. I'll let you know in a few months. <laughs> what do you have? Do you have plans coming up? Like, uh, no, no. I just released this um, this new song for the first time in two years. Um, my problem was when I was younger, when I was like 17, I released one song and then I just stopped for some reason. I don't know why. I guess I was too lazy to really put in the work of answering people and being you know, active on social media and on my YouTube and everything that was going on. I just didn't really, you know, want to, not even want to deal. I just didn't know where to start. I might issue was bad my anxiety was bad i felt like i could never keep up and i guess over the last two years i've kind of grown as a person and i've been able to um deal with what my stresses are and figure out how to really be i guess more organizing functioning whatever and and at this point i really i would love to release just music 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 and see where that takes me so i can't really give you a serious answer on yeah, but my star, I just have to see what happens and then I'll let you know. Yeah, the future, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. It's you you could have plans and for the next five weeks and then tomorrow it something changes and it's like a whole different th- series of doors opens or it's it's I don't know. I, I, I live that way. It's hard to know what's gonna come next. You, whatever you do or whatever you think will happen, yeah. something else will happen and um I don't know. Hundred percent. Yeah. The business side 100%. of the business side of doing the like the social media things and managing mm-hmm. accounts and people and all that stuff that it's a, that's difficult, tricky. Difficult. That can be like a all day job on its own, let alone. Oh, oh, 100%. And on top of that, you're making music and you're figuring out, you know, what's good, what's bad. You don't know really what you're doing I think a lot of people come in not knowing what they're doing and you can go I took courses and I just I I learned but I didn't learn I feel like enough to really succeed I feel like with music there's no clear guideline I that's what but that's the thing there's no clear guideline in any job a lot of people go they go to school and then they don't end up getting a job afterwards it's the same people just assume that music is harder because the percentage the percentage of people doing music versus people doing other jobs is higher if you understand what I'm saying, like yeah. only one only one percent of musicians make it, and I get that. That's terrible, and that's hardcore. Like it's a hard statistic to be included in, but mm. other jobs have that problem, but not to the same extent. If you understand what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it's just a matter of really working hard, doing your best, and praying that you know you figure it out somehow. Because you-, you know we're all still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Do you still perform? Oh, yeah. 
quite a bit? Not as much anymore because currently I've just been in and out of the studio constantly yeah. just creating music because I'm in that kind of a mood. But I would love to start doing more live shows than I have been, if you know what I mean yeah. at all. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you write music as well? Yes, write, I've write been writing songs. I write all my lyrics and melodies, so I top line. Uh, that's the term. Um, but I have been writing since I was... Well, I've been writing poems since I was like 10 or 11. But I started writing actual lyrics. Like I transferred it to lyrics at 16. A lot of my songs actually that I really love are from when I was 16. Uh, Touch Me, which is the song on my... A song on my Spotify that I released but I didn't really push yet. Or I don't know if I'm going to push it or not. Um, I wrote that when I was 16. And what's interesting is is that it's a very, very sexual song. And what's funny about it is I didn't know it was sexual when I wrote it, like, at all. <laughs> it's so funny. I said, like, the dirtiest, dirtiest things, and I had no idea. But I, I knew it was dirty. I just didn't know how dirty it was until, after, like, two years later, almost. Now, oh, my God, who let me sing this? I was a child. <laughs> and um, I was, like, a prudish child, too. Like, I didn't know shit. I didn't know anything. I didn't understand it. I didn't know what the terms meant. Was I mean, it sometimes, just, technically, it, I still don't know what the terms mean, but let's be real. <laughs> was it? Were they words or terms that you had just heard around? Yes, a hundred percent. I'd heard other people, you know, in my everyday life say things, and I was like, "Huh, that matches. Let's put that in." It was originally the reason that I'd written it, such a sexual song, was not because I want to write a sexual song. I wanted to write a song. Basically, I'd heard the song. I think Rack City came out at that time. You know, by mm-hmm. Tyga, Rat City, Bitch, Rat yeah, yeah. Anyway, that song came out at the same time, and I was kind of confused as to why all these guys were, like, on yachts with women who were wearing bikinis, shaking their asses, and... My looks to ask, okay. Shaking their asses, <laughs> um, just half-naked. Like, why are we allowed to objectify women like that in music? I think it... That's honestly something I think needs to stop, but hey, you know what? If they're... If it's, you know, like saying yes to it then you know go do that i just think it's not a good perception for women to have of themselves is that if they're not beautiful they're not worth anything or their only purpose is to be dancing girls on a yacht so anyway i thought there's a song ass by big sean rack city all these guys are singing about sleeping with a girl never calling them again so i thought why don't i write a song from the opposite perspective about a girl who I guess kind of got played by one of these guys who are singing about sleeping with girls and never calling them again. And now she has pretty much gotten so hurt over and over again by these men that she has turned into one of them. Oh, wow. The best way to avoid heartbreak is to become the heartbreaker. Yeah, yeah. It's technically the song. So she's saying, you can touch me, you can touch my body, but just don't touch my heart. It has no... No, I want to make that clear. Like, it, it does not reflect on me as a person. That's not what I'm like. And there's nothing wrong with that's the whole point of the song because me being me, I'm not. That's not for me. I have, I, I, I have, I'm not into that whole scene. But I think that it's important that girls, younger girls. My whole thing is that I want younger girls and younger boys and even people who are older who need to hear it. But I think the majority is just. Um, more so adolescents to know that 
they can do whatever they want. It's their life. And not just girls, boys too. Everyone, even non, like everyone, boys, girls, non-binary, like gender fluid. I don't, you know what I mean? You can be whoever you want to be. You can do whatever you want to do and you're beautiful in your own, your own beautiful way. Like it's just, it's cliche, but it's so true. Like you're probably like, you are the best version of you. If you try and be someone else, you're not going to be the best version of that somebody else because you're not that person. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's so important that girls know, you know, if you want, if, if you feel inside of you that you want to be, um, not even promiscuous, I don't want to use that word, but like you want to be more active in the sense, mm-hmm. go for it. It's your body. Do you know what I mean? Who's everyone's favorite Sex in the City character? Samantha. Jamie, she's doing it for her. She's not doing it for anyone else. As lo- I would say, as long as they're doing it in a context that's appropriate to them. Yeah, if you're doing it in a safe way, because kids are gonna do it anyway. Yeah. If you're doing it in a safe way, and you're doing it for you, and not because you think some guy's gonna like you more if you see, you know. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem that I have with um, kids that young, you know doing stuff because I feel like when you're at that age you're not really ready but some people you know are ready earlier than others it's I think when you do that stuff it has to come from you and not from a place of I want him to like me I want her to like me I want them to like me do you know what I mean yeah yeah it has to be I want to do this for me because I feel like it and I'm ready to do this this is my the next stage of my life I'm comfortable with this I don't feel nervous I'm, I'm fine. Nervousness is okay to an extent, but you know what I mean. I do. Yeah, I feel like that's so important for kids, especially that young, and even older people who feel like they've been hurt so many times. Sometimes, you know, I feel like they have multiple meanings. Like that song can also be taken in the sense of, oh my god, this guy keeps playing. I've been played so many times. I just want to give it up. You know what I mean? Like it's like it can be a fun song on the outer surface, but if you really look at it, it's. More so for um, inspiring independence in young women and young men and young gender fluid people. You know, it's it's for everyone. It's really it's really just about becoming more confident in your skin. That's what I think it is. My music is about becoming yourself and like fully yourself and just being happy with who you are and accepting that and loving it. Not even accepting it. You shouldn't have to sit there and accept yourself. Like, okay, this is me, like, I'll just live with it. No, you should sit there and go, damn, girl, you're hot. Or you're so smart. Or, you know, you're funny as hell. You should be able to, you know, feel a certain way about yourself without being put down or being looked down at. And just being very strong and confident. I feel like confidence is so important and so many girls don't. I keep saying girls because it's the first thing that comes to mind because I'm thinking of myself. But so many girls and boys, so many people in general, anyone, so many people just lack confidence, especially at a young age. Yeah. Is what we believe that isn't even real. I think you know? also a lot of people aren't, or just socially, the way our society works, we don't give people much freedom to be themselves. Exactly. You know, like to, to just be different, to be whoever you are in whatever way it is. If it's mm-hmm. different than the standard, we don't give a lot of people space to do, to, to play exactly. that out. I do think it's getting better. Yeah. You know, because 
things that 10 years ago, 20 years ago would have never been accepted are now the norm. Like, do you know what I mean? My one of my favorite shows is RuPaul's Drag Race. I know it's weird because oh. I'm like a white, I'm a white cisgender straight female. It makes no sense, but I absolutely adore RuPaul's Drag Race because I, I love it. Like, drag queens taking taking their taking back the term drag queen and just kind of completely being themselves and not giving a shit what other people have to think about it. I think that's so inspiring, especially. Let's say someone wants to be a drag queen. Some young young boy wants to be a drag queen. And he's afraid of what people will say. Do you know what I mean? Or, or how his parents were. It, it's just, it gives you a lot of strength. I think that's so important. And 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you would have never seen that on TV. And now it's everyone watches RuPaul. Yeah. No, I, RuPaul's great. So yeah, I love RuPaul. <laughs> how old are you, by the way, if you don't mind me asking? I am turning 20 next month. Oh, wow. You have a lot you have many years ahead of you thanks <laughs> yeah. i know i look so old oh my god no i that's not what i was saying i'm just i don't know for when i was 20 i look if i think back to how i was when i was 20 <laughs> it, it's i was in a very different place and so it's yeah it's nice to speak with somebody who's at a young age sees these things you know understands this level of things Thanks. in life yeah yeah i mean i don't think that if i went through what i if i didn't go through what i went through as a child i probably wouldn't be so outspoken and annoying about it like i'm such a ranter like i can go on rants forever about equality and how you know my biggest belief is i i just explain it very simply like this now i found out a way to explain it really easy is um, if you have a skeleton in your body, you deserve to be treated. If you have the human skeleton inside of your body, you deserve to be treated like a human being. It's pretty, you know what I mean? pretty, pretty straightforward, right? Pretty freaking simple. It's not that hard. Yeah. Me and you, we both have skeletons inside of our body. So how come one of us is making more money yeah. based on gender and race? That's a little weird. Yeah. No, it's all kind I mean, of... I can't say race. Technically, I'm Middle Eastern, but I... I'm technically Middle Eastern, but I'm white passing. I look white. Yeah, so yeah. I don't have to worry about that kind of discrimination. And I think that that is why my voice is not... It's like, it's important to hear from people who aren't going through discrimination. Is I feel like with me is that I'm not going through it, so I can never say I understand it. Because I don't, I don't know what it's like to be in that position, but... yeah. At the same time, it's, I, I can, um, what's the word? I you can, can be sympath. You can sympathize and kind sympathize of like, with yeah. You. Thank you. I can sympathize with what they're going through, but I can't understand it. I can't comprehend the way it feels. I think, I can, the, I yeah. Mean, as humans, there's sort of a general range of emotions. So it's, it's not mm -hmm. like it's impossible to kind of comprehend how maybe take from your own experience situations where you've been judged or you know held back based on other things and you kind can, of apply it you can get an idea yeah of what been through, but it's never going to be these it's never going to be even remotely close like for example um african americans right now in america are, are suffering because they're afraid that when they get stopped by a police car they're going to get shot Oh yeah. So, I mean, I will, I will never know what that fear feels like. I'll never know. 
because yeah, that's I, true. I, I don't look, I'm white passing. I don't look, my dad's very, very dark. He's from Yemen. Um, but I'm very, very light. So it's like, I'll never know. Maybe he would once or twice in his life, but not to the extent that I've seen other people go through shit like that or, you know what I mean? Going to a store and being afraid that people are watching you. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, why are people watching me walk around and feeling offended? It's it's like... 24 hours a day. To, yeah, my mom's best friend and my second mother is African-Canadian. No, she's Jamaican. Um, is Jamaican Africa? I don't know. I, I failed you. That's the Caribbean. I didn't fail, but I, I almost failed. Um, <laughs> she's Jamaican. And my mom told me the story about how they went to get food at this place and my mom took her food and then went up to the front to pay for it and they stopped so it cut out when you were saying that your mom went to a restaurant with her friend and that she paid and then was stopped or something no uh, my mom got to pay at the front but they stopped her friend and said that she needed to pay before she got the food no way Mm-hmm. And this is in Canada. Canada's good. Canada's okay. You know yeah, what I mean? Way better than here. Jeez. I was going to ask you also about um, your dad being from Yemen. Has he talked with you at all about the, or is, have the civil war affected him or his family or all the stuff going on over there? I have no clue. Um, but I do know that I think it's just because he, he originates from there. It's not that he... I don't think he lived there. He lives in Israel. He lived in Israel. Ah, okay. So he's a little bit he's already removed oh yeah i don't think he went through anything that's going on there now but his mom and his dad are from there okay understand mm -hmm. they relocated cool i've i don't know i'm good if you're good yeah, yeah. it was I, i've enjoyed the conversation it's fun yeah. yeah um just uh last thing is that um my songs should be coming out every one to two months. My social medias are all at officially Ron. My Vivo channel is Leron Vivo. I'm just putting this in so they'll hear it at the end. Yeah. Uh, Leron Vivo. And is there anything else I need to say? I think that's it. I'll call you when the next single drops. Cool. Sounds good. All Fantastic. Right. Good, good luck thank to you. you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. Good luck to you too. Uh, thank you.